2: Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit ViralGrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Before
1: we get into today's episode, Sarah and I recorded it before February 16th. Viacom CBS is now known as Paramount.
3: I try to model great behavior I definitely take note of that. And I've said this to people along the way. There are so many incredible people that have inspired me, men and women. There have been people that have also disappointed me. And I also try to not be like those people. I'll just say that right from the start. The other thing is, I think feedback is super important. It's something that is topic number one in our organization. And we're not just talking about feedback, about you know being more constructive, but also just telling people when they've done an amazing job. We like to say, let's show people what great looks like.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands.
0: Sarah, are you playing in crypto? I am so embarrassed to say this, but a few months back, I had to have my 20-year-old son give me the tutorial, and I became one of those people, one of those people that has to ask their kid about what's new in the internet. It was humbling. It was embarrassing, but I got schooled, and I'm on the blockchain, I'm shopping around for NFTs, I'm not making big decisions at the moment, but yeah, what about you?
1: Oh, I, I'm dabbling. I treat it like gambling and I'm, I'm holding for the long run. And honestly, I just try to follow whatever Gary Vaynerchuk says because <laughs> he, he's all over this. I mean, you know, his V friend project has really minted millions of dollars. So while people might think what he's doing is crazy, I think Gary's on to something. Did you get in with the fishing restaurant thingy? I think that's pretty innovative, too. Like, think about this. You go eat at a restaurant and now you're an owner. Because you had to buy an NFT to enter the restaurant. I think it's pretty brilliant. It's such a fascinating
0: environment. And I think as we look at bigger companies and how they think about that intersection of like emerging media and commerce, Gary is one of those people that is actually sitting at
1: the intersection of that. But think about what it's like to be at a big company and trying to figure out, how do I explain this to my boss? And when you think about big company that probably has one of the biggest opportunities in the metaverse. It's a company like Viacom CBS. Well,
0: if it's not going to be an entertainment company that gets started here, I don't know what is, but the trick is not just that they get in there, but they get in there thoughtfully and intelligently. And that only happens with smart
1: curious leaders. Absolutely. Pam Kaufman, who is the president of consumer products like Viacom CBS, absolutely fits that description. And what you're going to hear from her on the show is essentially how she's continued to help them build multi-billion dollar franchise businesses whether it's in retail, in physical live experiences, and now Web3, the metaverse. And it's amazing to just hear how strategic and clear thinking, you know, she was able to articulate what CBS strategy is going to be in that space. And brave. Absolutely.
0: Which is why she's such an awesome guest to have on Brave Commerce. Let's have a listen. We're excited to have Pam Kaufman, president of This Is A Long One, but wait for it, it's pretty damn good. President of Global Consumer Products and Themed Entertainment for CBS. And she's a member of the board of directors of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation. And Bungie, which I believe just got bought. We just sold it to Sony. Yes, they did. Damn right. And... Pam also serves on the board of Bottomless Closet, which is an awesome nonprofit that helps prepare women for workplace success and for the Pace Women's Justice Center. So clearly you have plenty of time
3: to be talking to us. So thank you very much, Pam, for joining us today. Thank you for having us. I, I was just telling you guys, I've been loving your podcast. It's amazing. And I'm so privileged to be on here along with such incredible guests.
0: We're thrilled to have you. And I think you're going to bring a very different perspective in a fabulous way because there's truly nobody better to talk about the intersection of content and commerce. Because one of the things that, I mean, there's a lot that I find fascinating about you, but for the past two years, you have been taking entertainment IP and turning it into full-fledged commerce experiences for consumers. Plus, which I hope we do find time to get into, you've also really grown up within that organization and have done some just absolutely extraordinary things. But- Before we get into where you think that intersection of content and commerce is happening, let's just educate our listeners on the business of IP and licensing and feel free to use any example you want, whether it's SpongeBob or Emily in Paris or Paw Patrol,
3: whatever works for you. Sure. Well, again, Sarah, thanks. And I'm happy to talk about my journey at Viacom ViacomCBS. It has been very interesting and definitely rewarding. So, yeah, I oversee our global consumer products group and now themed experiences. We'll get into that in a second. But my primary responsibility is the licensing and merchandising for the IP that Viacom CBS owns. And so that portfolio spans from everything from Nickelodeon, which of course is SpongeBob, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Paw Patrol, arguably some of the greatest kids and family content ever created, over to our youth and entertainment group which includes mtv comedy central a few shows you might have heard of like south park beavis and butthead the amazing bet brand with cbs we get star trek and a couple of shows like yellow jackets and dexter and then of course the paramount pictures library which includes godfather top gun mean girls clueless to name a few and we've got a ton of new films coming most recently the team just released jackass it did great and scream and uh, robust slate so our team takes this ip and we put it all over the world in products and experiences
0: experiences i get what is this like t-shirts toys
3: yes yes t-shirts toys apparel Anything that you can put a logo on or a visual on, that's what our team does. We work with retailers all over the world, all classes of trade from specialty and department store, obviously through mass like Walmart, Target, Amazon. And that is where we sell. I like to think we're the fourth screen. So there's a lot of different places people can experience IP. I think retail is vital. To human and a consumer connection on all of our brands. And so that is what we do. So we are myopically focused on the consumer. We're focused on fans and obviously delivering our IP into their hands.
0: I remember being in your office pre-pandemic and seeing just a pile of Nike sneakers and none of them were in my size, but you had just done, I think it was, I forgot what the collab was for, but it was like an anniversary or something like that. It was just freaking awesome.
3: Yeah. Well, it was SpongeBob's 20th anniversary. Collaborations are vital to our business. We did a collaboration with Kyrie Irving and Nike. It was Arguably one of the biggest programs we've ever done. Kyrie was amazing. We created six different versions of a SpongeBob shoe. There's Patrick and Sandy and SpongeBob. They did unbelievable marketing. I'm also proud that the Sandy shoe was a girl shoe, which Nike normally doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so collaborations, like you saw, are really important. It kind of starts at the, the upper tier. We've worked with everybody from Supreme to Gucci, obviously Nike. We're doing Pottery Barn. So we kind of start at the upper echelons, if you will, at retail. And that then translates into mass programs.
1: You know, Pam, you've been focused on this for the last two decades. And there's probably been some key inflection points where you were like, wow, like content and commerce is changing. We're entering the next sphere in your mind, what are those key inflection points?
3: I love that. Two decades, you're being very polite. (laughs) Thank you, Rachel.
1: Give or take.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Let people know you are the legend. We've had some definitional moments. There's no doubt. Obviously, you know, where I started, Rachel, all kidding side, I grew up at Nickelodeon and that's where I spent most of my time. And you guys know I was a CMO there uh, and then uh, started handling consumer products. And I think what's been super interesting is watching what used to be known as a TV show truly become a global brand. If you take a show like we're talking about Spongebob, we launched Spongebob as a TV show. But SpongeBob is one of the most important brands at Viacom CBS. And when you think of this, these shows as brands, you think about how am I going to create consumer connections beyond television? We talked a lot about consumer products, but there's also live experiences, there's gaming, we're actually building live tours, etc. So I think inflection point, Rachel, to use your phrase, is definitely taking the IP and really turning it into a multi-billion dollar global consumer brand. The second thing that's been super amazing is to watch the world of influencers, a pretty important revenue stream for us and again, to serve our fans. So as you guys know, many years ago, people started talking a lot about influencers. It sounds like it's common knowledge now, but... About five years ago, we found that our consumer really wanted to connect with a live person and wanted to meet people. And so we identified Jojo Siwa as somebody who was a really interesting person for us to represent, not only for Nickelodeon, but also for consumer products. And there's a lot of influencers out there. But when you spend time with Jojo, who you know now is 19 years old and obviously a, a global superstar, she really was a Nickelodeon kid. She was bullied. She loved our cartoon. She grew up really representing the brand. And so we decided to represent JoJo. We turned her into a billion-dollar brand. That was a huge moment for us from a consumer products perspective, from a company perspective, to take this person and really bring her all over the world. And you guys know she's uh, obviously very successful and has been amazing. And then I would say the most recent one has been to watch a show called Yellowstone, which hopefully everybody is watching. It came from the Paramount Network. Yellowstone's a show starring Kevin Costner. And the show started off really slow. And it's arguably now one of the biggest shows on television. We are launching a huge consumer products program off of it. And as you guys probably know, it's not that easy to launch consumer products to an adult audience. But the number one selling t-shirt right now in the men's department is Yellowstone. So I'm kind of trying to give you three examples of animated IP, a live person, we turned into a global brand. And right now just having a blast with Yellowstone.
1: So if we were in the boardroom using Yellowstone as the example, right? And we were like, Pam, like we got to take this brand and bring it everywhere. How do you guys start to figure out where this IP has the permission to play? Like should Yellowstone have a restaurant or be on a t-shirt? How does that decision-making
3: work? Wait, let me write that down. Restaurant, that's a good idea. (laughs) So it always starts with the consumer. I've heard a lot of your other guests say this, and it's really vital in our business. We study the consumer day in and day out. We want to monitor consumer trends. We want to know what they're interested in. And so the first thing we do is we look at the consumer of the show, the consumer right now, and see what they're looking for. The second thing we do is we work with the creative team behind the show, what matters to them. You know, when you're working with real people versus animated characters, sometimes you really have to sit down and find out what the creative direction of the show is going to be and how are you going to bring that to life through either product or experience. The third thing is we look at where the distribution is. Right now, Yellowstone is primarily a U.S. distributed show. It's going to grow beyond that. So we focus on this market. And you'll hear me talk a lot about markets versus international and U.S. because that's the way we think about our business. And then we start translating from there. And I will tell you, I don't have to tell this group, we work very closely with our retailers who tell us, you know, we think this will be great in accessories or home or obviously in apparel. And so that is what we do. We've got a great whiskey product. That's something we really obviously don't do in SpongeBob. So alcohol plays a very interesting Hmm. role in this property. By the way, we just launched a great wine collection with the Godfather's 50th anniversary. So, again, you have to know your target audience and then you translate off of there.
0: I would think that maybe that job might be right for an adult audience like an alcohol thing but you know you're the expert not me so I'll be uh <laughs> excited to see where that goes as well as investigate that Godfather line but as you think about this IP moving into more emerging content and commerce formats you know you were just talking about these different retailer relationships going you know from mass to specialized but there's also new formats for buying Products, there's metaverse, there's NFTs, there's live streaming, all this stuff that thankfully I don't live in right now. But what excites you? And I would say what scares you, but you're not the kind of person that gets scared.
3: Well, it's so funny. Last night, I just heard that the Foo Fighters, one of my favorite bands, is going to host a concert in the metaverse. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you get tickets? I got to get tickets for that. (laughs) You know, I'm not scared. I'll be honest with you. I'm really excited about everything that's coming. And I think because we're following the consumer. So with regard to NFTs, such an interesting space. Obviously, we are at the beginning of everything. Rachel, I was with your friend, Gary Vaynerchuk last week, who schooled me on the whole space. He is all over it. He said, we're literally just getting started. But for us, listen, it's an incredible opportunity, again, to put our IP in the hands of fans. I'm very excited. We signed a deal with Recur after meeting dozens of companies. They will be our partner when we launch our platform. They're going to help us work on a variety of different ways to bring our IP to life. We've already been doing this with Star Trek. We've been doing a partnership with Funko and Turtles. So I'm excited, Sarah. I mean, and for all of us, it's an opportunity to kind of learn a new space, and again, take this beloved IP and translate it into a new product opportunity. The other thing we're really focused on, you mentioned I was on the board of Bungie, but we're also really doubling down in the gaming space. You know, I'm thrilled with the games that we're launching. Uh, we're doing huge partnerships with all the obvious companies. And we're really working on some exciting games off of our property called Avatar, The Last Airbender. I'm sure you guys know Avatar, but we have a huge, the company's made a massive investment in the franchise. We've got movies, television shows, and big gaming coming in the future. And some of these IP just translate so perfectly into this space. And then the last thing I'll say about what's coming is, guess what? We're all going to be live again. We're all going to be in the real world. And I really believe that people can't wait to, we already saw our theme park business up. We're getting requests on new hotel opportunities. You're joking about Yellowstone Restaurant. There might be the Yellowstone experience. I am super excited about in-person, real world, old school (laughs) experiences. So those are kind of the three areas. And I'm trying to think what I'm afraid of. I guess probably just being able to take it on. All of
1: it. Or being triple booked
3: in the real world on Zoom and in Metaverse.
0: (laughs) I think so long as there's a Rusty Crab restaurant,
3: I'm happy. So, Boy, Sarah, you are really that SpongeBob fan, aren't you? You
0: want to know the truth? The truth is, I didn't let my kids watch SpongeBob as kids, and they have never
3: forgiven me. You're one of those parents? Got it.
0: I was. I was.
3: Did you even watch the Rugrats or were you afraid of Angelica? Let me ask you that.
0: I was afraid of Angelica. I was so stupid. Okay. And I hope my kids listen to this episode. I was so stupid. I also was anti-Barney, just to be clear. So I was an equal opportunity. Who? Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, bottom line, we've all been binging and catching up on many decades of lost
1: time. So we have over-indexed as a result. So uh, we couldn't do an episode without bringing up the fact that everyone who knows you, Pam, quotes you and your Pamisms. You are not just a legend in content and commerce. You are a true mentor to so many people that I know, including myself. And I always tell people this story when you gave me the opportunity to come in and pitch Viacom in 2016 on Micmac. And after the meeting, I asked you for feedback. And you told me, Rachel, never come into my office again without a customized presentation. I think I said it
3: much nicer.
1: (laughs) This is how I remember it. But it forever set me on the right track. And I owe so much to you for just being direct with me. But you've done that for so many people. And so there's a lot of people who are listening on the show to not just be educated on commerce, but really to to grow their career and become a stronger leader. What's the most valuable advice that you've ever received when it comes to leadership?
3: Well, first of all, I just want to go back to what you just said. You are and were a force from the day I met you. I adored you the minute I met you. And I thought your product was incredible. I just thought your pitch needed a little bit of help. I grew up in sales. And happened to fall into marketing because, as a great salesperson, you need to be overly prepared and you have to have a great plan. And I started over preparing and writing these long-term plans. And my boss at the time said, "You know, you should really move into marketing because they need more strategic plans." And I obviously then migrated into that space. So, Rachel, you've turned out really well. So I'm I'm happy to have provided that advice, but appreciate it. I do appreciate that. It's funny. I was on a, a Zoom last night with a. A bunch of other women that you guys definitely know, and we were sharing feedback with each other and things that we really um, have found helpful along the way. I uh, say so the first thing is I try to model great behavior. So when we all see people we admire or we we think are doing a good job, I I definitely take note of that. And I've said this to people along the way. There are so many so many incredible people that have inspired me, men and women. There have been people that have also disappointed me. And I also tried to not be like those people. So I'll just say that right from the start. The other thing is, you know, Rachel, you mentioned feedback. I think feedback is super important. It's something that is topic number one in our organization. And we're not just talking about feedback about, you know, being more constructive, but also just telling people when they've done an amazing job. We like to say, let's show people what great looks like. And that's a really a really big piece in our ongoing meetings. Like, hey, this is a great presentation. Let's share it. This is great feedback. Share it. So I think that is vital. Number one. I also think that I have been working hard on having a consistent message with the team with our organization. So having a very clear mission, vision, strategies on how we're going to grow the business. We say it every other week in a weekly email that I send out. We repeat it at staff meetings. We talk about it in our weekly teams. I tell my team, when you're meeting with your direct reports, make sure you're reinforcing mission, vision, strategies. My dream, I always say is to, you know when I'm in the office in Berlin, I'd love to walk over to a manager and that manager says, oh, I know our mission, vision, strategies because then I think people are really clear about where we're headed and what their roles are. I cannot emphasize that enough. And so that's something our head of communications, Rachel Sandler, and I have been really focused on.
0: One of those things where you're like, when you're sick of saying it, that's when you know it's still not enough.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to say it, say over again, and then you have to give examples. We have so much IP. We have over 50 shows and you know, maybe even more than that, that people want us to promote. And it's really important that we Focus and we prioritize on what really is going to drive the biggest revenue and serve the most fans. And so I say over and over again, how do we prioritize? And so for us, it's obviously about our biggest franchises, many of which we just mentioned, right? Obviously, SpongeBob, Paw Patrol, one of the biggest shows in the world. It's about our merging IP. We have to launch some new stuff. We've got Santiago Seas coming. We've got a great new live-action star called Bakaralele. It's our adult portfolio. We talked about Yellowstone, Emily in Paris, which is like one of the hottest shows, Yellow Jackets on Showtime, Clearly Beavis and Butthead, et cetera. And then it's our theatricals. And so back to your question, focus, clear messaging and make sure people know what they're supporting. And then the last thing I just I have to throw this in. And you guys will both appreciate this, is probably the best advice I got from my mom. My mom was way ahead of her time. I, you know, you know, we talk about inclusion now a lot, but my mom was like the president of inclusion back in the day. <laughs> and she used to say to me, you know, did you invite this one? Did you call this one back? How come you didn't, you know, talk to this person at a party? And it was really super annoying. <laughs> but I will tell you, as a CMO and someone running a business now, making sure you have the right people in the room, not being exclusive, has served me really well. Sometimes people get arrogant. Well, if you're not on my team, you can't be in the room. How are you going to get the job done? And who do you need? Mm -hmm. So that's a long answer to your question, Rachel, but thanks for asking that.
1: No, I loved it. And one thing that you said, I mean, all of it resonates, but in particular, just how you get your direct reports to reinforce your messaging. Because it's one thing for you to say it, but it's the other thing for the entire organization to say it. And I I think that's a really powerful...
3: Peace. Listen, you guys know there's nothing better when you're all singing off the same song sheet, Mm -hmm. when you're aligned and in every room, you're leadership. And it's, I have like the most incredible team. We are really aligned and we're all delivering the same message. And I'm super proud of that. It takes a while to get that done.
1: Well, I have no idea what you're about to say to this question, but Pam, what's the bravest thing that you've ever done?
3: Okay, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I fast forward your podcast just to hear like this question. <laughs> and you've had some really really great answers. For me it was really easy. It's two things that come to mind if you guys don't mind, just on a personal note. I bungee jumped off a bridge in Australia. And without a doubt, the I mean the scariest thing I've ever done, the coolest thing I've ever done, I will never do it again. So that that's like an easy answer to your question, but awesome. if you ask somebody what's the bravest thing you've ever done, for me that was just the bravest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and then the second thing, probably what I'm most proud of, but was definitely brave and scary was I barely got into American university. I was a communications poli sci major. I had a great time at AU, graduated, and that was the end of it. And here I was, you know, many years later, they asked me to do the commencement address, thankfully in 2019. So we were still in person. And Wow. That was one of the most challenging, amazing things I've ever done. And I worked really hard on it to make sure I could deliver a message to graduating seniors. I spent months on it and um, it's probably probably one of the things I'm most proud of. Can we find it on YouTube? You can.
1: Paramount Plus? Yeah,
3: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. I need to watch it. I, I remember seeing photos. Pam, thank you so much. I think this is the hottest moment in IP history with just so many different ways to now monetize creative ideas and and you're really at the forefront of it.
3: Thanks, Rachel. And thanks, Sarah. You guys are amazing. And congratulations on this great show and just on a personal note for being such great friends.
1: Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts.
0: Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend.
2: Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.
0: Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.